Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. I'm a baseball writer turned podcast host, and you may have read my work at places like Baseball Prospectus, The Hardball Times, Sporting News, and the ESPN Sweet Spot blog. You can find Locked On Yankees on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either account. We even have an Instagram account. We even have an Instagram account that's locked on Yankees, all one word. Feel free to follow, like, and comment over there as well. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. It's an off day in Yankee Land. They'll be back in action on Tuesday against the Tigers. So this episode will just be a recap of everything that happened this weekend. Any news, any performances, etc. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio.com, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. So Friday marked the return of Domingo Herman. I apologize for there not being a show, but I did do five full shows last week and gave myself a break on Friday. Plus, I wasn't ready to talk about Domingo Herman. I had spoken about him last week and how I'm not happy he's back with the Yankees because of his personal issues. But he's here. We have to deal with it. So let's talk about his performance on Friday. The Yankees played the Tigers on Friday. Herman pitched two shutout innings. He struck out four batters and... It seems his changeup was the best pitch of the day. He struck out three of the four batters on his changeup, and he used his fastball to strike out Spencer Torkelson in the second inning. After he left the game, Herman said he was excited to be back on the mound. He said, it was good to be back on the field, back with my teammates. I felt relaxed and confident. That's exactly what Matt Blake told me to do. That's what I did. Carlos Mendoza, the Yankees bench coach, who was manager that day because of Aaron Boone's pacemaker surgery said about Herman, I thought he threw the ball really well. The fastball had life. The changeup was really good. He used it effectively. When he was ahead in the count, he put hitters away. When he was behind in counts, the breaking ball was really good. It was a really good outing for him. Now, as you recall, Herman was suspended for 81 games for violation of Major League Baseball's policy against domestic violence. That happened way by That happened way back on September 19th, 2019. At the time of his suspension, Herman was 18-4 and with a 4.03 ERA. His last game before the suspension was the day before against the Angels. When he came back this spring, he apologized to his teammates, to his manager, to Brian Cashman, and to the media. And in his return to Steinbrenner Field on Friday afternoon, he received a normal reception from the crowd. 
Which is funny to me because years ago when A-Rod came back after his steroids stuff, he was booed off the field, essentially. But a guy hits a woman and, oh, it's fine. You can come back. We'll be happy to cheer for you. And please don't come at me with this whole, well, what Herman did was off the field. What A-Rod did was on the field. Yeah, Herman hit his girlfriend in front of other people, which is why he was suspended, because he was stupid enough to do it in public. But yes, injecting yourself with steroids to give yourself an edge is definitely so much worse than hitting a woman. By the way, happy International Woman's Day. On Saturday afternoon, the Yankees faced the Pirates, Jamison Tyone facing his former team, and he looked good in his second outing as a Yankee. Things were a little iffy that day because the weather was not that great on the western coast of Florida, or, you know, in the middle of the state, because Florida is a very big state. But they got the game in, Tyone got his work in, and he looked good. He pitched two scoreless innings. He threw 39 pitches. He struck out four batters. He allowed two hits and a walk, and he got himself into a little bit of trouble in his second inning, but he did not allow a run to score. And his fastball touched 93.6 miles per hour. The other important thing is he made it out unscathed, and he's feeling well. As I say every day on this show during spring training, I really don't care how the guys are doing. I just want them to escape healthy. I mean, obviously, you don't want people giving up hit after hit after hit and looking horrible. But you also want them to work on their stuff and then feel good afterwards. And so far, so good with Tyone. Aaron Boone made it back after his surgery on Thursday to manage on Saturday, and he said about Tyone, he took another good step. He worked himself into a bit of trouble there in the second inning, and he kept making pitches. I thought he executed a couple of really good fastballs to get out of that inning at the top of the zone. Now, because of the inclement weather, Garrett Cole was supposed to start, but he didn't. So he stayed back in Tampa, and he tossed two innings at the player development complex. By the way, the two hits that Tyone gave up were to Todd Frazier and Gregory Polanco. Kyle Higashioka had glowing things to say about Tyone. His fastball was really sharp and his breaking pitches were also sharp. He commanded both sides of the plate and pitched up in the zone. It's good to see how he reacted to getting into a jam. Those pressure pitches are what's going to pay off during the season. As for Tyone, he said this about his former team. They invested a lot of time and energy to see my rehab through. It was a cool feeling for me to get to show them that I'm healthy and I'm back on the field. I hope it was a cool moment for them to get to watch me out there too. In a moment, I'm going to tell you all about Sunday's game, which included a good performance by Jordan Montgomery. And Gary Sanchez is impressing people so far in spring training. But first, let's talk about Bet Online because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now that football is over, the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Baseball is in spring training, and you have the chance to bet on awards, World Series, playoff predictions. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. You get real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the New York Yankees, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. 
So as promised, I said I would talk about Sunday's game because a few things happened during Sunday's game. Not only did Jordan Montgomery look good, but a certain Yankee veteran had a very big hit in that game. But can we discuss Gary Sanchez first? Because he is the big story of spring training. I know a lot of people are saying, but the pitching staff is the big story. But offensively, Gary Sanchez is the player that everyone has their eye on because his 2020 was so abysmal that the only way he can go is up. And a lot of people are hoping for a monster offensive season from Gary Sanchez. As you recall, in the shortened 2020 season, Sanchez hit 147 with 10 home runs in 49 games. DJ LeMahieu said about Sanchez, he was grinding, but he was always a great teammate, always positive. He's the same guy this year, but he does seem very focused on his early work to prove that he's Gary Sanchez, and he's one of the best catchers in the league. I know it's early, but he's had some really good at-bats so far. It's great to see. And if anyone can talk about having great at-bats, it's DJ LeMahieu. Aaron Judge said, When he's at the plate, you don't leave anything out over the middle. He's going to do some damage. And he has, because he hit a ball over the batter's eye in Steinbrenner Field. That is not easy to do. That is a very hard hit ball. It was dead center right over the top of the batter's eye. Everyone in that place was in shock. Sanchez also made it a point to arrive to spring training weeks early, as in working out throughout the month of January with catching coach Tanner Swanson. Swanson is the one that helped him with his defensive approach last spring when he did that one knee down behind the plate, which he's doing now, and that helped him a lot defensively during the 2020 season. So hopefully Gary can put everything together, be good behind the plate, be good at the plate, and have a monster season. So don't be surprised if he's in the running for comeback player of the year. As for Jordan Montgomery, he threw three scoreless innings in Sunday's 4-0 win over the Phillies. He allowed two hits. He got one strikeout. He did not walk a batter. He tossed 42 pitches. 28 of them were strikes. He said, it's good to get some work in with guys on base. That's the best it could have worked out to give up two soft singles and work out of it. I got to work on holding runners and just feel the pressure of having guys on base. So I'm happy where I am. As you know, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. He was back for a short time last season, but he's still on the mend and still working his way back. I said last week how Montgomery talked about getting text messages from both Andy Pettit and CC Sabathia, which again, can you imagine being with your friend and saying, oh, who's that message from? And he says, oh, it's just Andy Pettit. Montgomery told reporters that he came into camp believing he'd have a spot in the rotation and that allows him to get his mechanics in line. He said he's also using the spring as an opportunity to learn from veteran Corey Kluber, And Montgomery said about Kluber, Kluber is a man of few words. I've talked to him a little bit. We had breakfast a couple of days. You can just watch him and learn so much. The way he carries himself and gets after it in the weight room. He knows what he's doing there. He's got a plan. He's attacking hitters and he doesn't really miss. That's the other good thing about signing someone like Corey Kluber. And I said this about the re-signing of Brett Gardner. It's always good to have veteran guys on the team because these young guys are hungry for any kind of information you can give them and any kind of help that you can give them. And speaking of Brett Gardner, the reason the Yankees won 4-0 on Sunday is because he hit a grand slam.
last Grand Slam that Brett Gardner hit was on April 17, 2019, off Ryan Brazier of the Red Sox. LeMayhew said about Gardner, he hammered that ball. It was good to see. I'm happy for him. He's working hard and getting ready for the season. He looks really good. I don't know about you, but I'm impressed that DJ LeMayhew is talking so much. <laughs> I know, it's silly, but I just, I don't know. He seems like a man of few words, and now he won't shut up, which is great, because that means he's comfortable. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton hit two doubles on Sunday, and his first inning double was clocked in by StatCast at 109.4 off the bat. Whew, that's a really hard hit ball. So as I said, the team is off today, but Corey Kluber is throwing batting practice today at the player development complex. Everyone else is off. And there's a guy who has been coming into the games for the Yankees. Now, he's only pitched three innings, but that's because he's a reliever. His name is Lucas Lecky. He's a lefty, and he hasn't pitched in the majors since 2015. He played with Seattle from 2012 to 2015, and he's trying to make a comeback. And so far, so good with the Yankees. As I said, he's pitched three innings, but he struck out eight batters in those three innings. And Aaron Boone thinks that he is an interesting candidate to possibly make the roster because his spin rate is so good. And we always love that kind of a comeback story. So let's all start rooting for Lucas Letke to make the Yankees in 2021. In a moment, we'll be looking to the week ahead, but first... We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. Now it is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchups, we have Apple Almond Crisp against Churro Puff. I'll tell you right now, I haven't tried Churro Puff, but it sounds good. And peanut butter brownie against raspberry. The winner of the apple almond crisp churro puff fight will face off against cookies and cream in the sweet 16. And the winner of peanut butter brownie and raspberry will face off against coconut almond in the sweet 16. Now what I can tell you about the matchups, like I said, I don't know about churro puff. My mom loved apple almond crisp. She said it was great. Peanut butter brownie is fantastic. And so is raspberry. So this is a tough matchup, I have to say. So go to builtbar.com or go to built underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will be the best tasting protein bar. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for your daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get podcasts. So looking ahead to this week, tomorrow the Yankees will be facing the Tigers again. The Yankees are really only playing a few teams in spring training because of all the COVID restrictions. They don't want them traveling too far. Now, this is odd because in the preview, when I just had it opened, it said that Davey Garcia would be starting for the Yankees. And now his name has disappeared. So I don't know what just happened. On Wednesday, they're playing the Pirates. On Thursday, they're playing the Phillies. And on Friday, they're playing the Tigers again. 
As for what's coming up on the show this week, Wednesday is Division Day again. And as I said on my episode with AJ Andrews of Locked on Blue Jays, my bye week is the last week before spring training ends. So I am doing Division Day the first four Wednesdays of the month. And this Wednesday, I will be talking to Kevin of Locked on Rays. So that should be interesting. There isn't a set way of doing Division Day. It wasn't as if they sent something out and said, you have to do it this way. So if you want to know anything specific from Kevin from Locked on Rays, if you have any specific questions about the Rays for Kevin, tweet at me, tweet at the Locked on Yankees account and let me know. I think it could be fun getting questions from the fans. And now it's back. Tuesday, tomorrow, Davey Garcia against Spencer Turnbull of the Tigers. It's a 1.05 p.m. start. I'm not sure if it's airing on TV. Let me double check that because I feel like there aren't so many games that are running on TV. Although Yankees.com, as I said in the beginning of the show, it screwed me over because I thought that the game on Friday wasn't going to be shown, and it was. See, okay, the game tomorrow will be played at Joker Marchand Field over in Lakeland. The Tigers are hosting, and it just says that you can listen on the Tiger station. So it doesn't look like the Yankees will be broadcasting that game. I understand that it's spring training. I understand that COVID is still an issue, although a lot more people I know are getting vaccinated, which is really cool because if people keep getting vaccinated, we will be able to resume a somewhat normal life soon. Um, So I understand all that stuff is happening and people need to be safe and it isn't safe to have so many people down in Florida. And I'm talking about TV crews, you know, producers, directors, all that stuff. So it's not like they're going to be broadcasting so many spring training games. But I still would like to see spring training games. I don't care if you have to pull out an iPhone to shoot the the damn game. I would prefer to be able to have the option to watch as many spring training games as possible. And I know other people are feeling the same way. Other people who are fans of other teams, fans who are blacked out from watching certain games. Every spring training game should be on TV in some capacity or online something. Even if you just set up a robot camera in the press box and have someone operate it from afar, just showing the entire field, I would watch a game that way. Like it's an independent league game on, you know, a cable access show. At this point, I don't care. Just show it. And it's so funny to me because the people who run baseball are always trying to tweak the game because they think it's the game itself that's making them lose fans. No, it's the access to the games that is making the fans leave the sport. Tickets being too expensive pre-COVID, you know, costing an arm and a leg for a family of four to go to a game, get tickets, park, eat food, and enjoy the game. People who live in certain states who can't watch any games because they're blacked out from everyone. Here's my thing. It shouldn't matter where you live. If you live in New York, you have access to a computer, you should be able to watch your home team on your computer and not have a problem doing it. If you live in Iowa and you want to watch the Yankees, you should be able to watch the Yankees. If you live in Iowa and want to watch the Cubs, you should be able to watch the Cubs or the Cardinals or anyone within however many miles it is. Poor Iowa is always tossed to the side. It's as if people don't believe they actually have baseball fans there. Like, hello, Field of Dreams. Hello. People in L.A. couldn't watch the Dodgers because certain TV station wouldn't carry. It was something odd like that. Could you imagine being a Yankee fan and not being able to watch Yes? Oh, yes, that's right. That happened. The first year, yes, came out and Cablevision wouldn't carry them because James Dolan is a petulant toddler. 
So in conclusion, MLB needs to do a better job of showing off its product. And that means showing spring training games. I know that I always say spring training games don't count. And as long as the guys stay healthy, that's all that matters. But it is still fun to see some of these guys do things. It was nice to see Brett Gardner hit his grand slam. It was nice to see Gary Sanchez hit a ball over the batter's eye. It was good to see Giancarlo Stanton smack the crap out of two doubles yesterday. It's also nice to see the Yankees wearing their full pinstripes on Sundays, which is what they're going to do during spring training. It was supposed to only be the opening day of spring training, and then they decided they're going to do it on Sundays. So that's nice. So it's not just going to be their navy tops pinstripe pants. I know this may seem silly, but when they wear the pinstripes, it feels more like a regular season game. But in all honesty, I'm not one of those purists anymore. I used to be one of those people who wanted the Yankees to just be in their pinstripes and the road grays, but I wouldn't mind if they wore their navy tops during the season, either on the road or at home. I mean, it's 2021. It's okay if they go off the beaten path just slightly. I know a lot of people have problems with Players Weekend. I love Players Weekend. I like seeing the guys show off their personality, which goes back to what MLB should be allowing these guys to do, allowing them to have funky bats as long as it doesn't distract the pitcher, allow them to have funky uh, cleats and gloves as long as it doesn't distract batters, etc. As long as it's within limits, but they're so touchy about certain things. And this is why MLB is not as popular as other sports, because other sports allow their athletes to express themselves, and MLB should do that. As I mentioned earlier, Corey Kluber was the one who was working today. He threw three sim innings and made it out unscathed. That's all we can hope for, people. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio.com, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Monday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you.